This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 734. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 734. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Today, we're going to talk about one of the things that comes up over and over and has come up over and over over the course of the last 20 years as I have been working with women who have partners. It's also come up a lot in my own relationships and I've seen it come up in my friends' relationships. So this is something that I think will be really relatable. We're going to talk about what to do when your partner doesn't want to grow and I think that you'll find this insightful in a handful of ways because we're going to talk about socialization and cultural conditioning. We're going to talk about codependency a little bit. We're going to talk about autonomy. I think you'll see some see yourself somewhere in this conversation, and I'm hoping that it's really helpful. So we're going to dig right in and talk a little bit about how this has shown up for me as I've coached women over the years. So this showed up early on when I was a personal trainer. I would have women reach out to me via email or phone call because back 20 years ago, people made a lot of phone calls <laughs> that they never make anymore. So people would call me or they would shoot an email to me or even come into the gym and they would inquire about personal training. But there was often this level of hesitancy around a partner who was maybe not on board or maybe thinking like, oh, I don't know if my wife should be spending money on this kind of a thing or spending this much money. And so there was kind of this like 
weird dynamic around a woman who wanted to invest in herself in a certain way and then a partner who was maybe either like subtly not supportive, sometimes explicitly not supportive, or sometimes it was just this like inkling that the person had. And this has been interesting because this has shown up over and over across 20 years is sometimes there's not anything subtle or explicit said or done, but the person, the woman would be making up a story that the partner never intended to be like interpreted this way that that the woman shouldn't spend money on something. So this would show up in personal training. I remember when I ran my boot camp where someone would come in and they'd say, well, I don't know if I should spend this much money. I have to go talk to my partner. And they would work it up into this like big, huge conversation that they were like going to tiptoe into. And then they would go have the conversation and their partner would be like, yeah, sure. Like if you want to go join the boot camp, go join the boot camp. Like no big deal. And this happened when I first started our membership community here inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Same thing. Like people would be moms would come and they'd be like, okay, like I really want to join, but I need to talk to my partner about this. And I don't know if he's going to be on board. So like, I'm going to work up to this conversation and here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to like, they're practicing it in their heads. And then they would go say like, hey, hon. So I'm thinking about signing up for this thing. And the partner's like, yeah, cool. And so it really looked like a lot of different things. It looked like anything from a really a partner being explicitly like not supportive all the way up to a partner being totally supportive and on board. But the person, uh, my client, my potential client, the woman being like wrapped up in this story that the partner wouldn't be supportive. And so we're going to talk through what that can look like and what we can do in those situations, because sometimes we do create these whole narratives that aren't fully true. And then sometimes the narratives absolutely exist. And it's important that we look at where does this come from? So I know that when I first started dating my husband, I was a brand new, like newly minted personal trainer. I met my husband at the very end of July of 2003. And I got my personal training certification that I'd been working on for the better part of two years in August of 2003 is when I took the test and passed. Thank you very much. And so I was this brand new personal trainer, super invested in like health and fitness and exercise. I was doing triathlons all the time and half marathons and kind of like at the peak of my physical fitness game and starting this business. And like, this was my life and my lifeblood. And I remember my husband, my new boyfriend at the time, like not caring about exercise. Like it was not his thing. And we like had our our relationship was not based on health and wellness, although like the entire rest of my life was. So it was so interesting. I would think through the things that we were going to do or the ways I could see our relationship evolving. And I remember thinking like, maybe someday he'll want to do a triathlon with me. And yeah, that day never came. But I do remember having this sense and this knowing that I don't think exercise is ever going to be his thing. And I also pretty quickly knew him well enough to know that if I were to be like, if you want to be with me, you're going to have to start working out was not going to work. So we were together for nine years before he started to work out. And I remember one day we'd been together for probably a couple years and he was getting something out of a bottom drawer in like at the bottom of his closet and he opens the drawer and there's like running shoes in there. And I'm like, you have running shoes? He's like, oh yeah, I used to run like years ago when I worked at Microsoft. He's like, I would go running on my lunch break. And I was like, wait, hold on. How have we been dating for multiple years? Me as a personal trainer who like runs half marathons and you've never told me that you go running or you used to go running. And he's like, well, because I didn't want you to ask me to go running. (laughs) So I was like, okay, note to self, never ask him to go running. So years later, after we'd been together for nine years and I was pregnant with Vinny, he decided 
to start running again. And he, we were training for, we were training. I mean, I was barely training. I was pregnant, but we were training for a 5k that our friends were hosting. It was part of a fundraiser. It was a really important cause to us. And he was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this like five week training program and run a 5k. And it had to be his idea. There was no way I could have ever been like, Hey, let's train for a 5k together. It would have just never worked. It had to be his idea. So sometimes we think that we have to do certain things together or we have to have like both people have to be on board or both people have to get it in order for something to work. And the truth is that you can be really autonomous in the ways that you choose to grow within a relationship and it can be not necessarily in partnership with your partner. And so there's a lot of ways and we have an extremely independent relationship, but there's a lot of ways that I've chosen to grow over the years and that he's chosen to grow over the years where there's no overlap, where I don't get the ways he's choosing to show up and grow and he doesn't get the ways that I'm choosing to show up and grow. And we're both totally fine with that. But there's definitely times when I have thought about doing something and had that little nudge like, is he going to get it? Does he need to get it? And part of this was when I decided to go all in on the podcast and I was like, I'm going to sell the gym. I really want to go all in on the podcast. And he was like, I'll support you. But he's like, I don't get it. Like, you're, I don't, first of all, understand how you're going to make money doing this. And second of all, like you have this other great thing that you built that you're choosing to walk away from. And that was a really clarifying moment to me in recognizing that our partners don't have to quote unquote, get it for us to make a choice. But if we have been socialized as women, there can often be this layer of codependency where we think that if someone else isn't fully supportive or like deeply understanding of a choice that we make, that it's not the right choice or that we shouldn't do it. And I want to invite you to think through why you might let that hold you back in certain scenarios and situations and what's the cost of not going after the things that you want to go after if your partner's not fully on board. The other side of that is that you get invested in something. You might decide to be autonomous and be like, I'm going to go for this thing. This seems great to me. And then you're like hoping that your partner will follow and they don't follow. And this happens all the time in personal development work where one partner's like, I'm going to learn how to be like more courageous and more confident in my everyday life. And the other partner's like, yeah, have fun with that. I'm good. (laughs) Don't ask me to read a book on how to become more courageous and more confident. And so when we look at how men and women are socialized, this is really interesting because women are socialized in that, first of all, our self-trust is like taken from us over and over and over again over the course of our lives which I've talked about at length on other podcast episodes. I'm not going to dig into that right now. But because of that, we have to often like reestablish courage and confidence in different ways than people who have been socialized as men have to do. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy, you go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. 
So the marketing to teach women that like you can grow and you can do more and be more and don't let anyone stand in your way and learn how to challenge yourself and step up and rise and like all of these things, some of which are very cliche. These are things that women often pursue because of cultural conditioning. And these are not common things for men to pursue. So when a woman is like, hey, I want to like, you know, join this community all about being coming more courageous and confident. Many men are going to be like, either they don't get it. So they're going to think it's weird to spend money on it. Or they're going to be like, okay, yeah, like you go do that. But like, please don't ask me to join you. That sounds really cheesy. Or it sounds like really girly or cultish or whatever the thing is. So recognizing where our conditioning comes into play when we're looking at and thinking through how we make decisions to do things on our own and where we might be having a little bit of codependency when we're hoping or expecting that someone else will either understand it or get on board with it. Because oftentimes they're not going to understand and they're not going to get on board. When I think about my husband and him deciding to run, like it had to be his decision. Just like when he decided to play guitar and teach himself guitar in the middle of the pandemic. Well, first of all, he didn't ask me what I thought about it. He just did it because that's what dudes do. And second of all, there was no like assumption that, well, now that I'm playing an instrument, Sarah should play an instrument too. And nor did I think that either. He just decided to be autonomous and go do the thing he wanted to do, regardless of whether or not I had any thoughts or feelings about it. So like, that's the opposite of being codependent. Like, I'm just doing this thing. And since then, he's bought like three guitars, I think. And every time a new guitar shows up, I'm like, really? Like, we need another guitar in this house? Hmm. And he's like, yeah, like this one's different for this reason and really special for this reason, or it's super pretty or whatever. Just like when I buy new running shoes or whatever is like the thing that's exciting to me, it's okay for me to do that because it's the thing that lights me up. I'm not expecting him to follow suit because I get that he doesn't get all the things that I want to do. So where can you give yourself permission to be autonomous and recognize that it's okay if your partner doesn't want to grow in the same ways that you do? Now that said, sometimes we grow in certain ways and it shifts the dynamic in the relationship and that's important to look at. So there can also be this situation where you start to grow in certain ways and now the dynamic has shifted and sometimes partners can be nervous or uncomfortable that all of a sudden you're going to become this new version of yourself and will I be left behind? You're going to become the super athletic superstar. You're going to become this amazing musician, or you're going to become this great leader, or you're going to become whatever the thing might be. What does that mean for the person who didn't choose that same path? Will they be left behind? What does that do to their ego? And some people who struggle around ego, that can be really hard for them. And sometimes people can see a bit of a divide start where they see like, maybe they're not on the same path. And that's not always a bad thing. It can be a time to sit down and recognize like, okay, have our non-negotiables shifted? Does this impact our way, our relationship in a way that allows us to still grow together, even if we're not like overlapping in our growth? Or this might lead to really hard conversations and illuminate things about your relationship that are sticky that lead to hard decisions to live in new ways. And this is something that we've seen within the Shameless Mom Academy many times now over the years. And I've gotten many emails about this, where one partner decides to grow and their growth leads them to this new place where they start to see the world in a different way. And relationships shift. And sometimes that means relationships end. And that typically leads to a place of liberation for the person who's decided to do the growth and who's decided to do the work. Now that's 
certainly never my goal as a leader, as a teacher, as a coach to be like, I'm going to teach you all these things so that you can like go, you know, shift the dynamic in your relationship so much that you decide to leave a relationship or you jointly decide to end a relationship. But sometimes growth can lead to that. And ultimately, there's liberation, typically, that comes on the back end of that. So I want you to think through without getting panicky and thinking like, oh my gosh, like what's she saying about what's going to happen to my relationships? I want you to think through instead, what does it look like for you to go after the things that you want without a need or expectation that a partner is going to fully understand or follow suit? And then what do you need from a partner in those situations or circumstances? Do you need them to be supportive? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Do you need them to understand it at a certain level? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Those are questions only you can answer. Do you need them to follow suit? Like you might be like, actually, I do need them to get on board. There's certainly an argument that I could make for like, yeah, if I'm going to be a personal trainer with a partner, like I maybe do need to know that they have a certain level of health and engage in a certain level of exercise for me to deem this relationship as like worthy of my time. I did not have that train of thought, but that is could have been a very reasonable train of thought. And also like I didn't see my partner's other habits as being so horrendous that it was like a deal breaker. So we all have our own lines in the sand, our own boundaries. And you have to think through kind of what are those boundaries for you? Recognizing the ways your socialization impacts this is really, really important. The other thing that's really important is to recognize the power of modeling the growth that you're experiencing. So I know that my husband has seen how important exercise is in my life, how it is like so foundational to how I'm able to show up as a functional human being. And without me having to tell him that on a daily basis, he was able to just see that. And so that was part of him starting to exercise. Also, our joint decision to start a family. He wanted to be alive for as long as possible. And we started a family pretty late and he's significant or he's nine years older than me. So some would say that's significant. So like being healthy really, really matters and really became even more crucial once we decided that we were going to become parents. Sometimes when you're modeling the growth that you're experiencing, it will invite your partner in. It will entice them to grow. When I watch my husband play guitar, there's like this piece or I hear him play guitar more often than I watch him, but I hear him in the other room. And there's this like piece about it where I'm like, that's like his place that he gets to go at the end of the day. And there's something Zen about that being a transitional activity for him. And so there have been multiple times where I'm like, I don't have any desire to pick up a guitar, but I watch him do that. And I'm like, that's a really great transitional activity. I don't have that. I go from like, full speed ahead in work to full speed ahead into like some like making dinner or clean up the kitchen or picking up Vinny or like what well, I like my nature is I'm not a good I I don't have good transitional activities. So when I watch him do that, I'm like, hmm, note to self, <laughs> like maybe you should have some transitional activities instead of leaping from full intensity in one thing to full intensity of another thing. So don't underestimate what you're modeling and how the growth you're experiencing might ultimately draw a partner in to sign up for the same thing and participate in the same thing or try something on their own. The other thing I think that can be really important as you are deciding how you want to grow and what that's going to look like for you is giving yourself permission to let your growth be independent and take pride in that. I think it's okay to take pride in independent growth and feel really good about that. And so Again, my husband and I are fiercely independent in our relationship, but 
I like looking for opportunities to grow. And this is something I've practiced over time as someone who didn't look for stuff like this growing up. Like I really wanted like my life to always be the same every single day, very, very predictable, very certain. I still like predictability and certainty to a huge degree, but I also recognize how much I get out of learning and growing. So I challenge myself to learn and grow in a lot of different ways because it really, really fuels me. And so I can see now that that as a value for me is really an independent piece of, that's a part of me and it's not necessarily a part of our relationship, although it definitely influences our relationship in a lot of different ways. So recognizing how does your growth feed your relationship or contribute to your relationship in different ways. If I wasn't learning and growing on a regular basis and challenging myself to do new things and different things, I would probably be pretty depressed. I don't do super well when I'm not learning and growing, when I'm not trying new things, when I'm not getting the affirmation that comes with trying something new and like affirming that I can do it. I get a lot out of that. Like that's just part of my high achiever personality type, that I like trying new things and proving to myself that I can do them. So if I'm not doing that over, you know, a certain period of time, the quiet and slash like boredom that can come from that can really kind of mute my gifts for sure, but also like really dim my light quite a bit. And so then that has a huge impact on how I show up for my family and in my relationships. So give yourself permission to grow in the ways that really fuel you and that's going to potentially invite partners in and show partners like what growth can look like. But if nothing else, it's going to allow you to fe- like refuel yourself in a way that you feed or fuel the relationship in a new way. And that can be a huge, huge gift. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. 
So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. The last thing that I think is important to consider, important to think through, is that it doesn't have, like growth doesn't have to look the way it looks for you, for other people. So I might want growth to look like a certain thing. So this summer is a great example, or not this summer, last summer, <laughs> last summer was a great example when I decided to start training for triathlons again. And no one else in my household, by the way, wanted to do a triathlon with me. Of course, I would have thought it would have been a super fun family activity, but <laughs> no one else was anywhere near signing up with me. So when you were thinking through what you want to do and what's meaningful to you, expressing your joy in learning and then asking the people around you, how do they want to grow? So asking your partner or your kids, like, this is what, how I'm choosing to grow right now. How are you choosing to grow? So while I was, you know, doing my swimming and biking and running workouts every day, my husband was like, I'm going to play guitar 15 minutes a day and like not break my streak. And he was working through this like YouTube series and he was just like doing it over, you know, hitting his goal over and over and over it. That was growth for him. So when you can determine the thing that works for you, find out what the other person in your relationship wants. What's going to work for them? How do they want to grow? What's going to light them up? Because it might be very unrelated and not at all connected to what you're doing, but it might light them up, lift them up, fuel them in the same way that your thing lights you up, lifts you up and fuels you. So recognizing what are those things going to be? I was just talking yesterday with a good friend who was telling me, that her husband became the vice president of his daughter's softball league. And she's like, oh my gosh, like it's so much work and it's a lot, but like he loves it. He's so committed. And when she told me this, I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds awful. Like it just sounds like so much wrangling, like wrangling parents and wrangling kids and like being part of an organization that's like not your school organization, which is funny because as the co-chair of the parent association at my school, you'd think I would, this would be like right up my alley, but it seemed like way more overwhelming because I felt like our school I'm very ingratiated in. Like I get it. I understand like the systems and the values, but like the softball league seems like it's like people from all over and all the different schools. And like, it just seems way more layered. So I had to laugh when I thought like, I feel like if someone suggested that to me, I would want to climb out of my skin. But for her husband, like this is, his great growth opportunity right now, opportunity for growing in leadership and ownership of something and connection to community and to kids and to fatherhood. Like it's so amazing and so incredible. But do you think she has any desire to do that? What's amazing is she's an event planner. She'll probably listen to this episode. So hello, friend, if you're listening. She's a huge listener of the show. She's an event planner. So you would think that like one would lend itself to the other. No, like she has no desire to be the softball league VP and her husband has no desire to plan events, but they can grow separately parallel in these things, in these places where they're showing up in their unique worlds, their separate worlds in terms of leadership, ownership, connection to community. The, like they're both doing these really similar things, but they're doing them in ways that light them up individually, that lift them up, that fuel them, that allow them to be creative and collaborative in the ways that are most meaningful to them. And that's, I think, what becomes really important. Not necessarily that your partner has like huge buy-in on the thing that you want to do or 
can relate to the thing that you want to do as much as that there's open communication about how you can both have buy-in on growing in ways that you want to grow. If there's an overlap, great. If there's not, great. Like whatever works for you, letting that be okay. Now, if you have someone who doesn't want to grow at all, they're like, I'm good. I'm good going and clocking in for my job from nine to five, coming home and watching TV or hanging with the kids or like, I'm good with all that. And they don't want to move forward in certain aspects of their life. Maybe that's okay too. Only that person can determine that. And only you two can determine that together as a couple in terms of does that work for you? Or does that work for you right now? Will that work for you forever? And only you can determine that. Not everyone has to be in a constant growth mode. And I think that that's the other thing to be conscientious of is that there is a lot of pressure and a lot of social conditioning around like more and like grow to do more and be more and do better and like, you know, rise to the occasion and meet your full potential. And we all know I buy into all that (laughs) because as a high achiever, I'm like, yes, I want to do all those things. And some people don't want to do that. That's not their makeup. And that can be okay too. Now, if that gets in the way of what you need in a relationship, that's a different conversation. So recognizing like, how can you honor two different individuals, one that wants to grow in certain ways, another who doesn't want to grow at all, or doesn't understand the ways that you want to grow? How can you honor that? Can that be okay? Or is there space for both of you to grow in really different ways and really appreciate the dynamics that that adds to your relationship? And look at that is like, that's the gift right there. And then is there also conversation for like ways that you can grow together or things that you could do together or things, ways that you want to show up and like kind of use your individual growth to fuel your relationship in terms of then a joint growth trajectory. So lots of different layers in there. And I want you to think through what makes sense for you and what do you need most right now? My first invitation to you would be to unravel any codependency that you have in needing your partner's permission or approval or support in terms of how you want to grow. And then once you do that, once you unravel that and you can determine and decide that you want to grow in the direction that you want to grow just for you, regardless of whether or not your partner wants to grow beside you or on the same path as you, then you can start to look at is, do I need the person who's with me in this partnership to also be growing? And sometimes the answer might be yes. Sometimes it might be no. It might be really conditional on like your circumstances in life right now. And you get to make that decision together. But sometimes unraveling like what is true and unraveling that there might be some codependency or unraveling what social conditioning or cultural conditioning is playing a part in there can bring a lot of clarity for you to see what you really need and then whether or not a partner needs to participate in that in the same way or understand it in the same way as you do. So I hope this was helpful. As always, if this was helpful, share it out. If there's someone that you think would benefit from this episode, please share it. I am so delighted to be here and have this conversation with you and so excited for our episode on Wednesday with my dear, dear friend, Laura Cathcart Robbins. Speaking of codependency, we will be talking about Laura's new book, Stash, And we will be talking about the intersection of addiction, 
motherhood, race, and class. So Laura has been on the show a number of times now. She's maybe our most interviewed guest on the show, and she's one of my favorite people in the world. So please, please come back for this really, really important and powerful conversation with Laura Cathcart Robbins. You will not regret it. It's a conversation that stems from Laura's book that comes out tomorrow, Tuesday, March 7th. And it is the most touching, stunning memoir I have read, probably because I know Laura, but I mean, I read it on a plane and like cried my way to and from London while reading this book over the, in the fall. So I just cannot wait to share this conversation with you. So make sure you come back on Wednesday for that. I will see you then. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.